listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Thank you. What an honor to be here. Uh, I feel like when I come here, I'm just coming home. It just feels like Abide and Gate City are so linked. And then the whole ATD crew here, you know, it's family, 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 family. So it's just so good. The worship's so good. Everything's so good. You guys are so happy. You know, walk. If you're visiting, you came to the right place. Don't go anywhere else. It's the spot. You found the spot. But you walk in and everybody's buzzy and hugging. It just feels so good in here. Well, last time I was here, I got all drunk before I could speak in the spirit. Uh, But I'm sitting there, and while you're doing the offering, the Lord starts giving me a word for you. So we'll just start with that. Let's pray, and then I'll... Lord, we love you. We thank you. Everything you want to do today... Lord, I'd love to be normal, but flowing with your spirit, I guess that's it. So that's normal. So everything you want to do, everything that's in your heart, Jesus, I'm, I'm at your pleasure. I'm at your, whatever your desire is. And I am so grateful for this house. Here in Brandon, the place of the prince. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Do all your will today. Open every heart, every mind. God, change lives, change destinies. Holy Spirit, thank you for walking through the room, Jesus, even right now. Thank you. You walk in the midst of the lampstand. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Increase. Let's just put a draw on the Holy Spirit for a moment. Just ask you to increase your presence, Lord. Increase your presence. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One of these is mine. I don't know which one, but I'll. What I got, you got. <laughs> You got something, Katie? Why don't you sing it out? Oh, I just feel the Lord say, have you not seen, have you not heard? Oh, have you not seen and have you not heard? Oh, oh, I am the one who's going to do greater, 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 greater than what you could ask, think, or imagine. Oh, have you not seen and have you not heard? I just hear the the scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is a day of remembrance unto the greater harvest. Oh! 
Oh, it overflows. It overflows. Just let it overflow. Oh, woe is the one who contains. Woe to the one who contains. Oh, let it overflow. Have you not seen and have you not heard? Greater, greater, greater. Oh, I just see the Lord coming like a wave right now. Oh, shake a robo Oh, Come on, you feel it bubble, you feel it bubble, let it go. Let it go, let it go. Oh, robo There's more, there's more for the hungry. All who are thirsty, come. All who are hungry, come. You who seek, you who seek, you who seek, come and see. Come and see that the Lord is good. Come and see. Oh, hey, oh, Rabba. I just see uh, eyes opening up right now. In the spirit, I see scales falling. Oh, Light is entering your eyes right now of the beauty of the divine nature of the Christ. Oh, ha, 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 Oh, business as usual will not, will not carry the word of the Lord and it's coming. Oh. Oh, oh, hey, hey, <laughs> welcome to Abide Church. There's so, there's so much activity in the atmosphere here. I mean, just walk in the door and it's like, it's going on in the atmosphere. If you're visiting or uninformed about what that was, that's called a tongue with an interpretation. And Katie just released it. People are experiencing the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now. That's what's happening in the room. Just, just in case that's new to you. Oh. <sighs> Feels like last time I came here, I couldn't get going. I can't get going today. I'm a normal guy, I promise. <laughs> but am I? That's a good question. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. We love you. Just look right at Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We believe for the more. We believe. For the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard. We believe that there's a greater dimension, a greater release, a greater breakthrough. We believe that. We say yes to that. We desire that. Oh, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Amen. Thank you, Katie, for being obedient. Cool. I walked in the West restaurant last night. We went to Harry's. Anybody ever been to Harry's Seafood? Good spot. Order 
the scallops. I'm telling you, best I've ever had. I mean, seriously. Walked in there last night and going to have dinner with Gio and Destiny and sort of looking around the restaurant. And I don't, I just, I'm just scanning. It's completely packed. He said, we're in the room behind the hostess station. I scanned the room. I missed them. I walked the whole restaurant, come back and I see him. And Gio's got his hair down. And I haven't ever, ever seen him with his hair down. So I didn't know I was looking for like this flowing mane. You know, these gorgeous locks. I didn't know. And so I just, that's why I missed him real quick. And uh, anyway, just, we, I said, so what's going on with the hair? He goes, ah, I just put it down. Felt like I wanted to do that. I said, cool. And I just was asking Destiny. I was like, so what's the, when, when did that happen? He's like, she's like two months ago. And you didn't really have a reason. You just said, I just put my hair down. I just felt like I was going to do that. So I'm sitting there and I feel the Lord come on me. And I feel like this is a word for you. So Judges 5, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Judges 5, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Do you know where this, where this is going? No. Okay. So I want to read the New King James. And then I'm going to read the literal version. Okay. New King James. When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. When leaders lead, when, when the people offer themselves willingly, bless the Lord. And the connection is when the leadership steps into their calling, the people follow willingly. It's a, it's a, you know, a natural thing that happens. But the literal version says this, for the loosing of locks, of hair in Israel for the willing offering of the people bless the Lord the loosing of locks that's that phrase is the lead leaders lead it's actually literally the loosing of locks and what it's speaking of is the Nazarites those that had given themselves by a, a way of devotion to the Lord, who were the ones that were bringing reformation in Israel in times of declension and decline, the Nazarites, when they would begin to step to the front, they would loose the locks of their hair because they'd made a vow, right, of consecration to the Lord. They'd loose the locks of their hair. So it's when the leaders lead is also when the leaders, the Nazarites, loose their locks. And I felt like the Lord was emphasizing that over you, Gio. And I feel like there's a season in the past where you said before the Lord, I want to be an Azurite. I, I say that to you, God. And I feel like even in the season right now, this is a natural little thing you did. But I feel like the Lord's hand is on that. And he's identifying you as a Nazarite. And that you're stepping into the leadership anointing that you've been, you know, it's been bubbling in you. But this season is that transitional moment. And, and so I would say Judges 5.2 when the leaders lead, you're in that moment. And, and I would even say it like this, that the baby to come and the, the stepping into this anointing, it's all at the same time. Because verse 3 says, listen, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to Jehovah. I'll sing praise to Jehovah. New King James, hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. Now, princes... Give your kings princes. That's Brandon. Do you know the word Brandon means king or prince? It's what it means. 
I just looked it up. Oddly, it either means king or prince or stinky hair. We'll go with king or prince. So I would say, here, Brandon. Here, Brandon. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Now, you're getting ready to have a baby. What's your baby's name? Psalm. So there's a song getting ready to come out of your womb. So verse 2, the leader lets his hair down, and the song of the Lord is getting ready to come forth. <laughs> verse 4 and 5 is a picture of the Lord bringing Israel into deliverance, into breakthrough, and it speaks of the return of the Lord. There are passages that we use when we speak of God moving in power and revival unto the return. And I just believe that there is a divine moment of transition and setting of your leadership in this moment. I think the baby's even a sign. I think it's the Judges 5-2 and 5-3. I think this is you guys' moment. I'd like to pray for you for that. Can we just stretch our hands for you, towards these guys? Lord, in the name of Jesus, hey! In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for the gift of God on this couple. We thank you for the loosing of the locks. We thank you for the Nazarite calling. We thank you for the DNA of heaven. We thank you for every dream, every bit of destiny that you've put in their hearts. We thank you for the psalm to come. We thank you for the song of the Lord, the word of the Lord. We thank you for the strategies, the divine insights. And Lord, we bless. We bless Geo and Destiny. We thank you for it setting them into their calling in the season. We thank you for an apostolic expansion in the name of Jesus. Hey! We agree with God's leadership, we, with, uh, with God's choice of you. We agree and we thank you for it, Lord. Now, I pray, increase it, God. And just the, even that wild devotion of the Nazarite. Let this whole house run in that wild devotion. When the leaders loose their locks, I just believe you're in a prophetic moment. He's left-handed you into this moment in a certain way. He's been leading you behind your back in a way you didn't quite even understand. And I just believe you are stepping into the things he's spoken of you for so many years. I believe this is the moment. I'll just say the baby's in the birth canal. We bless you right now. In Jesus' name. Everybody that agreed said amen. 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 I believe that's... I believe you're going to see a transition. Are you guys planning on two services? Yeah. Did we talk about that? Eh. I walked in this morning and thought they need two services instantly. So bless you with the second service. <laughs> Good. Okay. Is this okay? How many of you think these guys are called for this season right now? They're with you. Take the ground. Take the land. This is it. Amen. Awesome. All right. Turn with me to Matthew 6. <clears throat> I 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 6 is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's where Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. Anybody ever go to a church where you said the Lord's Prayer like every week? I did. Did you ever? Yeah. Several. You know, you know what's interesting is in Matthew 6, verse 7, he literally says, when you pray, don't do vain repetitions. It's such the weirdest thing, right? So then we grab the Lord's Prayer, and then we repeat it every week. It, context matters. So he's clearly not giving us the Lord's Prayer so that we would repeat it every week. Or even just repeat it per se, even in the way it's written. I think it's great to repeat it. I love it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. I love it. Makes my heart feel good. I love saying those words. But it's a manner of prayer. Everybody say a manner. It's like a format. It's like a template of prayer. And there's, you know, depending on how you cut it up, there's about 10 parts to it. The first five are what, who God is and what God wants. The last four are what we need. And then the final one is just a benediction that, that returns all of the glory to him. That's a whole other message for another time. I want to dial in on one specific phrase in the Lord's Prayer that I think is completely overlooked. And here's what I believe. Many believers, and I, undoubtedly people here today, you have, I mean, you love the Lord. You're in for the Lord. You're, you're going for it. But you're experiencing difficulty in faith, disappointment, challenges, and believing God because there's been a misunderstanding of how God does what he does. Okay? So often we, we get insight into what's God's will, but where we miss it is God's way. Okay, and, and let me just lift this off of you in case this is on any of you. So often when I talk to believers, I go, so what do you feel like God's will is? What do you feel like God's saying to you? And they go, well, I, or no, no, here's what I say. I go, what's in your heart? They go, well, this is what I want to do. And every time I do that, it's just awesome and God's moving. I go, well, what do you think God's will is for you? He goes, he wants me to do the exact opposite. I go, you got grace, favor, anointing over here, but you feel like you got to do Why do you have to do the exact opposite? Oh, because I got to die to my desires. I go, yeah, you do need to die to your desires, but it's not about the anointing and favor and grace that's on your life that you need to die to. It's about how you get into what God has for you that you have to die for you. The taking up your cross, that's, taking up your cross and following him is really much more, it's not about the path. Jesus knew he was coming to bring salvation to the world. He was excited about that. The cross was the way. Naturally, he had to submit his will. He didn't have to submit his will to the end. He had to submit his will to the path. Are you following me? And so our problem oftentimes with kind of our, where our faith goes and where we get into doubt and how, how we get sometimes like disillusioned. And I think there's so many prayer people, charismatic, spirit-filled style people that are just disillusioned and a little bit cynical because they haven't understood the ways of the Lord. 
it's mostly not a problem with his will. Most people are like, God, your will, whatever you want. But they don't pray the second part. So he says this. He says, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. And here's the phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I believe the on earth as it is in heaven specifically goes with your will be done. Okay, I think your kingdom come stands alone. And then your will be done. And this phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. Do your will here the way you do it there. Okay? Now here's the thing. God's way that he does his will in heaven is the exact opposite of our way that we would do it here. So that part of the prayer, is it's really... <laughs> in a great way, destructive to our own plan because we're literally saying, I want, yes, I want your will, but I don't want to do it my way. How many of you have ever stood in front of the Lord and gone, Lord, I want your will, but not my way? None of us. Here's what we do. We go, your will, Lord. And then we start imagining, because the Lord hints at us. When we're 18, 20, whenever you first got saved, whatever, he hints at us. He goes, here's what I've got for you. I've got this grace and this anointing. This is where your gifts lie. It's going to be awesome. He shows you the end. He shows you the dessert of the meal. You're like, oh, it's going to be so good. And you're imagining you're going to show up to the meal. And you're going to sit down and it is going to be cheesecake Come on, that's, that's my life in God is going to be this awesome, rich dessert of a life. And you sat down to the meal of the will of God in your life, and it was, it was salad. <laughs> Some kind of kale situation. Like it looks like weeds and sticks. You're like, what the heck? There's no cheesecake that looks like that. He goes, we're on the path to the will being established, but it's going to be my way and not yours. And our problem, gang, is that whenever we go about trying to fulfill the will of the Lord, we do it our way. And our way always includes the greatest amount of temporal comfort for us and the greatest amount of glory for us. And God's way always includes the greatest amount of eternal rewards for us and the greatest amount of glory for him. So we end up with this big problem. God, I want your will. I've been praying for your will, God. I want your will. But it's not happening. He goes, oh, I'm working your, my will out in your life. It's just not the way you expect it. And so when we end up in this gap between our expectations and our experience, the soil of our life, it gets rich with unbelief and doubt and offense. Am I talking to anybody in here? And so it requires us to not just say, your will be done. It's also your way, your will, your way. 
your will, your way. All right, let me give you a couple passages. I want to illustrate this with, the, with some Bible verses. So turn to John 15. David Bradshaw and I had coffee this morning. We're just talking, sharing, just fellowshipping. He's literally preaching my message to me this morning. I go, oh, bro, I'm about to preach everything you're saying to me right now. This is awesome. And I felt like that was a good little, good little word from the Lord. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that confirmation. I, I, wrote, I wrote it down as quick as I could. So John 15, quickly. It's a familiar passage. It's one that we love from the Upper Room Discourse. I remember when I was a young man, I memorized this passage simply because I didn't know anything about it, but I, every word was in red. So I went, okay, if I'm going to memorize something, I want every word to actually be from Jesus' mouth. I didn't really think the Bible was the word of God yet. I was a brand new believer. It's all from his mouth. But anyway, it was all red. So I went, yes, the red letters. It's a better Bible passage. Anyway. So he says, he starts with this. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. That phrase is, it's, yeah, it's offensive. The father, the eternal father is a gardener. I mean, the fact that the eternal father would identify himself as a gardener, I, I'm already like, I'm already losing the path. I mean, that just does not compute. He goes, no, that's what I do. I'm a horticulturalist. Any green thumb people up in here? Talk to your plants and all that? Come on. Spray them? Do you spray them? No? Is that bad? <laughs> okay. But anyway, that's a whole different zone than I ever put the eternal father in. I, you're, you're God of everything. Angel armies, Lord of hosts. I mean, you, First and last, beginning and the end, he goes, I, I cut shrubs. You couldn't. He goes, that's what I do. I go, okay. And then he explains the way he does this. He goes, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, if you study that phrase, he takes away, some of you have this in the margin in your Bible. It's he lifts up. Anybody have that in their margin? Anybody see that? If you look into that phrase, you'll see the takes away is he lifts up. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. All right, we're just going to stop there. So the branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away or takes it away from the other branches and lifts it up. Any of you that have those fruit-bearing plants, and you have the one branch, it's not working, you know you've got to get a stick in there. You've got to fortify that branch. You've got to lift it up. You've got to make sure it's getting the right sunlight so that it will ultimately bear fruit. He doesn't look at the fruitless person and go, no, 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 no. Cut that one off. Get rid of that one. He goes, no, no, no. I'm going to take more care with you to make sure your life bears fruit. He's kind. He's a, he's a kind father. So when you've been in those seasons and it seems fruitless, God hasn't left you. God is dialed in on you. That's who he says he is. Now, the second part of the equation, he goes, and the one that bears fruit, he prunes. 
that it could bear more fruit. Now, anybody knows this, that it does any kind of fruit-bearing gardening. If you leave fruit on the tree, what happens to the fruit? It gets rotten, right? You got to make sure you pick the right fruit, right? And then there's a point in time where you got to cut that tree back, right? So that it can actually be more healthy, right? So here's us. We like start going in the will of God. We start feeling the anointing, the grace of God. Things start happening in our life. It's moving. Everything's going good. And boom, all of a sudden it stops. And we go, you left me. You left me alone. Things were going good. And how you just stopped it. What, what was that about? He goes, I didn't just stop it. He goes, I'm setting you up to bear more fruit. But if I leave you in a fruit-bearing season, you can't bear that, and you're actually going to get corrupted. So he does the exact opposite of what we think. We think, man, it's bearing fruit. Man, keep pouring the fertilizer on it. Keep pouring the water on it. Keep doing all the things. Let's get more and more and more and more fruit. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. What we've got to do is we let it bear fruit for a minute, and then we chop it off. You go, ow. You ever had your life chopped and here's most of us charismatic spirit-filled christians we're bearing fruit bearing fruit bearing fruit and all of a sudden the pruning comes and we go the devil the devil chopped me down and i go bro your problem in the devil the problem is your father is a good vine dresser and he's not going to cause fruit that's going to make you rot he's not going to lose you in the process of fruit bearing so what he did was he took you through a season of blessing and now you're in a season of purging if you do not go through a season of purging you cannot be ultimately fruitful And so some of you, your whole life, right, like right now, I'm bringing clarity to things that have happened in your life. And you're going, wait, wait a minute. I was rebuking that. And maybe the Lord was actually authoring that. Because things were going well. Fruit was happening. You were experiencing a flow of the Spirit. And the next thing you know, there wasn't any fruit. And the next thing you know, that position was lost. And the next thing you know, you weren't able to operate in the same anointing that you were operating in before. And all of a sudden, it was completely cut off. And you're standing looking at God like, why would you let this happen? I was doing good things for your kingdom. I was entering into who I'm supposed to be. He goes, we're still doing that. We're still doing that. But the pruning threw you into a place of disillusionment. And you began to spiral. And you couldn't comprehend why God would take you from a very fruitful season to a season where your limb is now cut halfway back. Am I making sense? This, this, so this is a problem I have with charismatics. This is us. I'm, I'm one problem I have with us. Spirit-filled. We like faith. We like breakthrough. We, we like God moving. We love revival, right? But there are four seasons, right? 
winter, spring, summer, and fall. There's four seasons. But I've never been to a church and the pastor stood up and said, praise God, beloved, we're in the middle of the dead of winter. It's cold and everything's dead and what's happening is all underground. You won't be able to see it for months. It's awesome. Praise God. Glory to God. Why? Because we don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that it's freezing out there and nothing can grow. I want to hear it's spring, brother. New growth, new life, new things. It's springing forth. Behold, I do a new thing. I want that message. Give me that word. The problem is we give that word in the dead of winter and everybody's like, what the heck? <laughs> Nothing's growing, bro. Like you can say it's growing, but it ain't. It's cold and it's hard and the ground is hard and nothing's going in the ground right now. What's happening with my life? And I feel so out of sync. The other message we love is it's not just spring. We love fall. We love harvest. Oh, man, it's harvest. There's going to be so many breakthroughs. God's going to bring so much. And, and, and you guys got up today and said breakthrough, and I believe it. Yes, amen. We are in harvest. Okay, great. But if all we ever preach is fall and spring, you've completely missed winter and summer. Bro, it's hot in summer. I've been here for at least 24 hours. It's hot. It's sweaty hot. It's like can't cool it down hot. It's tough, man. You walk out of the building to your car, you need water by the time you get to your car. It's that hot. Nobody wants that message. Yeah, there's new life that was happening a few months ago, but right now, you're going to bear the heat of the day. Come on, beloved, let's all show up. It's going to be so hot. It's going to be difficult. We're going to be sweating. Praise God, we're in the summertime of the Lord. Nobody's into that. So what do we do? We preach messages on spring, and we preach messages on fall, and we never tell anybody there's real winters coming in your life. There's really times when everything's dead, and it's cold, and we need that for spring to come. And there's really times where the heat is baking. Every, you ever been in a season where it felt like every gun from hell was pointed at you? You're like under the heat lamp of the pressure of every, every time you turn around. It's a summer season. Fall's coming. Stand through the summer. Harvest is coming. And so we don't have interpretation on these points in our lives. And what happens is you hit one of those points, you hit a pruning you hit a summer, you hit a winter, and all of a sudden, we're pointing a finger at God like he's done us wrong. He hasn't done us wrong. He's taking us through the process of his will being accomplished in our lives, but he's doing it his way. God's will for you isn't the exact opposite of everything that makes your heart filled with joy. In fact, I would say that perfect, acceptable, good will of God, that, that perfect will of God is the collision of God's greatest pleasure for you and your greatest pleasure for you. 
That's the sweet spot of the will of God for you. It's just the path to get there is way different than you imagined. Amen. All right, turn over to this, Isaiah 55. I want to break this passage down for us, and then I want to pray for us. And hopefully even right now, some of you are already identifying moments in time when maybe something got pruned and you didn't, under, you didn't understand it. And it, it hurt because you were getting pruned. But it was, if you can look at it and see that it was unto being more fruitful, you can see God's kindness in it instead of blaming God and being disillusioned in his ways. Amen. All right, look at these familiar passages in Isaiah 55. We love these passages, verse 8 uh, through 11. We love these passages. We almost never quote them together. We almost always quote verse 8 and 9, and then we quote verse 10 and 11. But I'm convinced in the text they all go together, and they give us an incredibly important piece of clarity about how God does what he does, okay? So Isaiah 55, verse eight. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Okay. Ordinarily, we go verse 8 and 9. God's ways are not your ways. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. As far as the heaven is above the earth, so higher God's ways above your ways and God's thoughts above your thoughts end. We go, yeah, you're just different. Oh God, I just got to understand you. I just help God. I don't get anything. Okay. And we just end it right there. And it's, it's good. It's good on its own. And I would just say this, like it's good on its own, but when we really believe it, we recognize that our strategic plan and our five points to success is completely the opposite of what God's plan is. Okay. It's not that God doesn't gift us in strategy and plans and all those things. One, two, four, five. He doesn't gift us in vision and all that stuff. But I'm just saying the way that he does it and the way that you do it, you start off infinitely opposite. So my point would be this. Strategic planning without inquiry is a waste of time. In fact, if you look at the Bible, you realize that all of God's leaders, when they would get off is when they would do things their own way. But when they would get in is when they would wait and inquire. David inquired of the Lord. I mean, you just look at it. Moses inquired. Inquiry is strategy. Some of you business leaders need that word. Like inquiry is strategy in the kingdom of God. Inquiry takes place in the prayer room, not in the boardroom. Like you really got to get this. You want to be a kingdom man, kingdom woman, kingdom business person, right? Inquiry is the way to kingdom strategy. 
And oftentimes, when you inquire, God says, wait, when everything else tells you, you should go. And, and I mean, I can't, just so many times, I would just say, you know, like 30 years of ministry, we get a plan. We go, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do all this stuff. Global takeover, blow everything up. We're all in the name of Jesus. And God goes, hey, you going to pray about that? Well, I do run 24-7 prayer. Okay, let's go pray. And we come out of the prayer room, and everything that we thought we were doing, we're not doing any of it. And we're doing something completely different. And, and then, you know, people that are on the outside, they go, like, what are you doing? What do you, what do you mean that's what you're doing? I'll illustrate Several years ago, God called us to do a solemn assembly. He wanted us to network the city together to go to Stone Mountain of Georgia and do a solemn assembly to stand against racism and dead religion and to, and to bring all the pastors and leaders together. And we felt like God wanted to gather 25000 to the event. It was going to cost us a million dollars, right? Sounds like I need to become Mr. Network, Right? That exact same time when we feel like we've got the go to do that, which, you know, it's the largest Confederate monument in the world, and he wants us to go stand on top of that. That already sounds kind of humanly dumb. Like, you want to get shot? That sounds like a good place to go get shot. So we're doing something that seems completely like, whoa, bro, what are you doing? I'm getting death threats. And in that same season, God goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to jump into the night watch. Oh, God, I got to raise a million dollars and I got to network like 500 pastors. That's right. So what I need you to do is start showing up at the prayer room at 11 o'clock. And I want you to stay in prayer till 4.30 and 5 a.m. God, I got to talk to 500 pastors to get them to Stone Mountain. He goes, perfect. 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Talk to me. I can't raise a million dollars in the middle of the night. He goes, let's just see. Five nights a week, we do intercession, crying out to God for Stone Mountain, for this solemn assembly. We raise a million dollars, just under a million dollars. We network 500 pastors, 25,000 people show up. We do an all-day solemn assembly. We stand against racism and dead religion. And here's how we got it done, by staying up all night and praying. Are you kidding, man? That is the most opposite plan. Oh, and at the same time, God gives us prophetic dreams and we merge our ministry with another ministry. Because, you know, doing the solemn assembly and staying up all night wasn't enough. It was like he had to get me to the place where I just had to come to the full recognition like, I can't do any of this. I can't do any of this. Like on my best day, I'm not doing any, it's not, none of this is working. So he will, he will invite you to do things a certain way that's exactly the opposite of the way that you thought. That's it. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. So it's always critically important, important to start with inquiry, not with strategy. Strategy is inquiry in the kingdom, okay? But the next two verses are going to further illustrate it. Now just hang with me. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, 
but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Verse 10 and 11 describe how God's ways are not our ways. And what he's telling us in verse 10 and 11 is this. He goes, I promise bread to an eater. That'd be me and you. How many like some good hot butter bread? Let's go. He goes, I promise bread. I promise. You go, Lord. He goes, yeah, bread. He, he goes, here's your ministry. Here's your life. Cheesecake. We go, oh, praise God. Oh, I'm going to be a bread eater. I'm going to be a cheesecake eater. Glory to God. He goes, great. Let's go. Let's, let's get into it. Let's go for it. You go, all right. And you go running to the dinner table. You pull out your butter knife. You get your best favorite honey butter or whatever. And you sit down. You're like, God's serving bread. And you're sitting there at the dinner table, and it starts raining outside. And you go, uh, bread? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's happening. Go take your butter knife and go out, stand outside. You're like, oh, my gosh, is bread going to fall out of the sky? This is awesome. You go running out there. You got your butter knife. You got your butter. You're outside. It's weird because where's the bread coming from? And you're looking at the sky, and all it's doing is raining on you. Now you're wet. Your butter's ruined. Butter knife didn't do anything for you. And you're standing outside under a storm. And you're going, I miss God. And God's going, no, you didn't. I'm, I'm serving bread. And you go, why rain? He goes, because when I serve bread, I start with rain. And rain comes down, it waters the earth, and then seed springs up, and then there's a little stalk, and then there's a full stalk, and then there's a full harvest. And then when there's a full harvest, they've got to harvest that stuff up. Then they've got to take that harvest, they're going to go ahead and break it all down, they're going to get the wheat out of that harvest, and then what they're going to do is they're going to mash that stuff up, they're going to sell that as flour. And then after they sell that as flour, you're going to go buy some flour, and you're going to take that flour home, you're going to mix that flour with some water, some salt, some whatever you like to put in your bread, you're going to take that bread and some sour, all that stuff, let it rise, put it in the oven, bright, bake that thing. And in about 10 years, you're going to have some hot bread. But right now, all we're doing is rain. He goes, this is how I fulfill my word. As rain comes down to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return void. See, we, we love to hammer that. It won't return void. It won't return void. And then by the next week, when it doesn't seem like it's happening, we're like, dear God, it returned void. He goes, it's pouring outside. You're like, I know, it's terrible. I almost got hit by lightning. It's terrible. He goes, no, I'm fulfilling what I promised. Come on, friends. See, our problem is we're sitting at the dinner table waiting for hot bread. God has brought so many storm clouds, and the rain has been falling, and you're so looking for the fulfillment that you can't even perceive the ways of God and see that the first phase is already underway. And there are many cycles of fulfillment. 
to the finality of God fulfilling his word in your life. Some of you are in here, you're sitting on a 25-year promise. And for some of you, that promise has almost evaporated. You don't know what happened. You were, you know, a young person back in the day. You got touched in a spot. God moved. He gave you a vision of where he wanted to take you. You thought that was happening next week, next month, next year. And all you ever got was little stalks that came out of the ground. And you're like, where is the bread? And God goes, the bread's on the way. Stay with it. And you go, but all I got are little stalks. I can't do anything with this. And you are 25 years down the road on a promise that you long gave up on that it's almost evaporated and God goes no 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 I've been answering it all along and I'm convinced the reason why we give up faith the reason why we get disillusioned the reason why we get disappointed and so often we quit on God we quit in prayer we, we quit on belief it's because God is actually fulfilling what he promised. It just doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. He doesn't start with cheesecake. He starts with a kale salad. He doesn't start with bread on the table. He starts with rain clouds. Some of you, the rain hasn't even begun to fall. You just, where's the bread, where's the bread? And there's rain clouds forming, and you're already given up. Some of you, you've been believing for bread, and you're sitting there holding a sack of flour, and you still hadn't figured out the fulfillment is near. Some of you, when the rain began to fall, and you were believing for bread, you didn't say it in a bad way or boldly, you just said, you know what? That wasn't healthy. I shouldn't have been believing like that. I just, I got ahead of myself. I started making things up in my own mind, said it was God. I don't know what that really was. I'm just going to be a regular person. I'm just going to go ahead and settle down and settle in. And I'll let the, I'll let the, you know, the big stuff, I'll just leave that for the, you know, the other people. And I'll just, I'll just be a good person. And you lost your perseverance. You gave it up. You lost your fervency because you couldn't understand his ways. He was processing you. He was growing you. He was moving in you. Let me tell you something. God is committed to the process because in the process, we grow in Christ-likeness. We grow in love. And you know what you find in the process? Here's what you find. This is the shockingest thing that the destination isn't the destination. You find in the process that Jesus is the destination. And that on the way, you can delight in that because guess what? You got Jesus on the way. It's not about getting the bread. It's about getting Jesus. And if you can realize that the journey is where the joy is, because Jesus is with you on the journey, it doesn't matter how long it takes. In fact, if it takes longer, that's all good because guess what? You got to be with Jesus all the way. Instead of being offended that the bread hadn't showed up. We mess up badly when we think the reward is some blessing 
some sphere of ministry, some anointing on our life. We, we mess up. I mean, we just miss God entirely. Look, I've been on huge platforms. None of those platforms ever did what sitting in the corner of a prayer room with his love ministering to my heart ever did. He's the reward. I was talking to a major leader. We were doing a, a, you know, a podcast, and he said, you know, God's just blessed us with a greater sphere. And I have a huge sphere of ministry. He goes, he just, he's rewarded us with a, a huge sphere. And in the middle of the podcast, I go, I go, oh, yeah, you know, the, a bigger sphere is not the reward. He goes, uh-huh. I go, Jesus is the reward. I go, the bigger sphere is a responsibility that's born out of intimacy. Jesus is the reward. Don't get it backwards. Don't imagine three services and 500 more people is the reward. That ain't the reward. Jesus is the reward. If you lose the touch of God on this house and the presence of God in this place and the angelic activity, it doesn't matter if you have 5,000 more people. That ain't no reward. Jesus is the reward. Learn this. Learn this. There is joy in the journey. And every cycle of fulfillment that he's ordered for your life is for your pleasure. It's ultimately for your blessing. And somebody asked me just recently, they said, all right, you're 30 years in the ministry, you're 20 years in the night and day prayer or whatever. How, what would you do differently? This is what I would do differently. I would enjoy every part of the journey. I would enjoy when we were in a borrowed building with a hundred people and nobody knew what we were doing. We didn't have a sign. We didn't have a phone. And I had 60 staff that showed up. Who knows how? And we were just in this little place. It wasn't even ours. And we just wanted to love him. And I'd sit in the corner and cry. I would enjoy those cries a lot more. I would quit worrying about, are we ever going to be 24-7? Are we ever going to ABCD? Are we ever going to see the global revival? I want global revival. I'm pressing for global revival. I'm believing for global revival. You know what? I, I live believing that's the bread that he wants to serve. But that isn't the reward. He is. Last thought. Some of you, God gave you a word. You've been praying into the word. You've been believing for the word. The word hasn't happened, but it's happening. You just haven't identified the cycles. But here's what you did. You started saying that really wasn't the Lord. It's not really going to happen. I must have missed it. Or I don't know what was going on at that time. I don't think it was you know, the Holy Spirit. I think I just made that up. You either said it out loud or you said it to yourself. And here's what the enemy did. He used God's ways to trick you. He used the delay to bring disillusionment. And then he weaponized your own mouth against the destiny of God in your life. And just as you were praying for that thing to come to pass, 
Now you've begun to speak against it coming to pass. Some of you, you need to repent of, of being weaponized against the, the very destiny God has for you. You need, to, you need to ask the Lord, show me how you've been working in me all this time. My biggest problem as a leader, I mean, I got many problems as a leader, so I'm my biggest, but I got a lot of big ones, is I'm impatient. I'm impatient. I go, God. I mean, I remember we were, we were a year into building the house of prayer in Atlanta. We were 120 hours, and I was frustrated that it wasn't 24-7 yet. You're like, man, you got it bad. Yeah, I had it bad. 16 months in, we go 24-7, only other one in the nation at the time, and I'm thinking it took forever. 16 months. I was dangerous at 33, 34. I was dangerous. I look back at that, and I go, gosh, I wish I could have just enjoyed it. I wish I could have been thankful, more grateful, more recognizing that he's shepherding me. And then I thought, if we went 24-7, I'd go, oh, we're going to blow up. We're going to be bigger than I hope Kansas City. Easy. <laughs> That's not the destination. So the fact that I still have one-man devos at 4 a.m. in the morning and a night watch that consists of six or eight people, I, I mean, five years ago, I thought, if you told me 15 years into this that I'd still have like a hand, like a Gideon little crew barely making it, I'd have been like, I bind that in the name of Jesus. That's a lot. That, that's part of God shepherding us. He wants to bring us to a fullness, but man, he's got to burn the ambition off. Some of you are in a delay because of your own ambition. I know what I'm talking about. Some of you, it's coming, but you've gotten so frustrated with his ways. You would have answered the question, right? If I said, are God's ways your ways? You'd have no. I know Isaiah 55. And God goes, no, you don't. You don't. Because if you did, you'd be delighting in the journey. You'd be enjoying me. You'd be realizing I'm the reward. Amen. Let's stand. Do we got a keyboard player or something? Y'all go to like 1.30 or 2, right? Three. Right now, if you're, feeling, if you're feeling convicted and corrected by the Lord, recognize he's shepherding you. I had to come to grips with the fact that God was shepherding me through every season of surging and purging. Every season of rain and harvest, of winter and summer. He was shepherding me. And he's shepherding you. Some of you today, you're going to come off of believe. You're going to quit believing that God forgot about you. You're going to re-engage with that 25-year-old promise or that five-year-old promise. Some of you today, you're going you're gonna to step right out of disillusionment. And if you've been in that place of blaming God and imagining that it's just not for you because it didn't happen yet, I'm telling you, 
He's in the journey. He's in the process. He's committed to shepherding your heart. He's just not doing it the way you thought. 40 years for Moses to become the deliverer that God promised. 25 years for David to become king over all of Israel. Why would we imagine that it's any different for us? Amen. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Abba, I confess that so often I have not loved your ways. But I'm learning, Abba, I'm learning. I'm learning to love your ways. I'm learning to enjoy you on the journey. Thank you so much for the way that you've shepherded my heart. Thank you for the seasons of surges and purges. Thank you. Thank you. Come Holy Spirit right now. Just let the Lord minister to you right now. Just let him minister to your heart. This word is speaking to you. He wants to love you. He wants to shepherd you. He wants to re-enlist you. Some of you, you've just put yourself on the bench. Some of you, your, your own words have been weaponized against your prayers. Some of you, there's been, it's been a long time since you believed wildly in what God was promising. And I want to say this to you. It's time to believe again. It's time to dream again. It's time to breathe again. It's time to receive again. It's time to risk with faith again. It, it's time again to breathe, to believe. Some of you, there's a recovery of breath coming. You haven't breathed in a long time and you put yourself on the bench and you just thought you'd be a spectator for someone else. God said, no, 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 it's for you, son. You might be 60, but he's calling you son. No, 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 it's for you, daughter. It's always been for you. Some of you are five years in and you've been tapping out because you're like, it hadn't happened yet. And I'm telling you, you've got a harvest growing in your backyard and it doesn't look like bread, but it is wheat. It's coming. It's coming. The key though is to enjoy him on the way delight in his process. Be honest with yourself that, man, I need it. I needed the delay, Jesus. I needed it. I needed the pruning. I needed the winter. Some of you, cynicism has just taken a hold. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I rebuke unbelief off your mind. I rebuke that cynical spirit that's trying to choke you out, trying to tell you it's for someone else. There's a beautiful way that God is leading your life. There's been no time lost. Some of you tapped out years ago, you thought, and you thought it's all lost, and the Lord's saying there's no time lost. You can redeem in a second 
decades. It's about having a yes in your heart, saying your will, your way. Come on, your will, your way. Your will, your way for me. So if this word's, if this resonating with you, I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now. We're re-enlisting so many right now. Hey, we're coming out of unbelief right now. We're coming out of cynicism right now. Come on, just tell the Lord, Lord, I repent. Repentance isn't a bad word, it's an awesome word. It's agreement with God and disagreement with the enemy. Hey, I won't weaponize my words against my prayers. I won't despise the stalks that are growing in the garden. I won't look at the rain and say it's not bread so it doesn't count. I won't look at the moments of purging and think you left me. Hey, it's all been for you. He's trying to bring you to the greatest place of pleasure you've ever experienced. Come, Spirit of the living God, reignite faith, reignite belief, reignite hope. Come on, come on, breathe again. Breathe again. Believe again. Hope again. See again. Receive again. I can see a cap, just like a dark cap coming off of people's minds right now. Hey, the all things are possible is still the word of God. Lord, I'm asking fresh hope, fresh eyes, fresh faith. It's not just for Gio and the team and that young guy or girl that's so anointed. It's, it's for all of us. The dreams of 25 years ago, they're still in play. The word that God gave you is still on. Would you just tell him, I believe, I believe. Help my own belief. Just tell him, help my own belief, God. I believe, I trust you. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for shepherding me. Thank you. And even today, Lord, re-enlist us. There's a, a dynamic thing you're doing here in Brandon. Oh, thank you for a shift in a moment right now, transition. Thank you, God, for a, a, a new life breaking forth. I do believe it is a breakthrough. I believe that that's true of this moment for you. So, Lord, even now, fresh hope, fresh life, fresh eyes. Lord, we won't doubt you anymore. We won't accuse you anymore. Come on. I'm sorry for accusing you, God. You just need to tell I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I believe you, God. Let hope arise. Let faith arise. In Jesus' name, amen. I really just sense, yeah, thank you for that.
I really sense that there are people in the room that you need to go beyond just a raising a hand in a corporate environment, but that there really is a breaking away of the old season. And there's something about stepping out and saying like, no, 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 for real, that, that season is done. Like for me to get married to my wife and step into that season, I had to walk down an aisle and say, hey, I'm stepping away from what was into what is. And I really sensed even, there was that even someone who had a dream about Billy coming and speaking on a day and people like this significant moment for those. So if that's you, would you just come right down right now and just, we just wanna pray all around just in this moment. I just feel like it's a moment to make covenant with God. Like I'm done with that season. And I'm just, I'm stepping, I'm, I'm practically taking a step into whatever God has. Not, not His will my way, but His will His way. And I'm breaking off all of the previous agreements. And I'm stepping in and I'm making covenant with God. God, on this day, we repent and we turn and we step in and we choose to go in a different direction. And we just wanna make a decision. We don't just want to clap and amen, but we let go of the discouragement and the negativity and the speaking and the prophesying death over our circumstances. We ask God, would you rewire our way of thinking and the things we see and how we respond, that we would grow in love that abounds and we would be solidified in our identity, not in what we do, but in who we are. Even now, God, would we re-engage and hold hands with you on the journey in the process? Break cynicism. I really feel like those seeds of doubt God just wants to uproot. That you're alone and nobody understands and this is your lot and this is your life. We just declare the faithfulness of God over you. that everything God starts, He finishes. And God, we choose Your will, Your way. We just yield. If that's all it takes right now, we yield and we surrender. We let go. Can we just get some martini? You know, I, I, I really feel strong. Some of you have nearly given up on your prodigal. You've nearly given up on your prodigal. You've just like, well, they're just, you know, they're just not, they're not really going for the Lord. So, you know, and you've nearly given up on praying for them. You've nearly given up on believing for them. And I'm telling you, the Lord is moving on their life. Do not cancel your prayers by words of doubt and unbelief. Some of you right now, to re, you need to re-enlist yourself as the intercessor for your prodigal. And hear me, hear me, hear me. Listen, you might see a little rain, a little stalk come through the ground. Do not get frustrated because it's not the bread yet. You need to keep your prayers and your faith going for your prodigal, and I'm telling you, they're coming home. Lord, right now, get our prodigal sons and daughters. Lord, right now, get our prodigal family members, our prodigal moms and dads, our prodigal husbands and wives, get our prodigal cousins, our prodigal grandparents, God, get them, get them. We ask you right now, Holy Spirit, draw them back. Some of you have prodigal friends right now. You're give, you've given up. No, 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 no. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Begin to believe again. Ask the Lord to break through. Ask Him to break in. Believe. And when it rains a little bit, be joyful. They might just 
give you one little moment, a little glimpse that shows they're showing an interest. Believe again. Don't get frustrated just because it's not the full bread. Hey! Father, we ask that you touch our eyes and our vision to see your work among us in places where we've looked and all we've seen is a lack and things not happening. God, we pray for our eyes right now. We ask you for eye salve to be able to see your activity and your work in your hand in every season, God. And we ask you for, for the Holy Spirit to produce faithfulness in us, to stay the course, to stay steadfast, to trust in your leadership, we thank you for being a good shepherd. We ask you to break the fallow ground. And even now, God, would you release seed into the soil of our hearts. Even now, We thank you that on this day, on this July 23rd, God, that you can turn. I'm just going to have them prophetically just sing this over us. Faithful till the end. Holy Spirit, you have access. We thank you, God. Thank you. this so clearly at the beginning of service when the Lord was just ministering uh, through laughter and through joy 
And I didn't even know what was, he was, Billy was going to talk about. He, but I heard the Lord say, he's taking the grapes of bitterness and producing sweet wine. And I just feel like in some of those seasons of lack and of confusion, your heart has created grapes of bitterness. And when Billy said that he can take a decade and transform it into a second, the Lord said he's taken seasons of bitterness. And in this moment with the Lord's perspective, producing sweet wine. So if you need just transformation of bitterness, just receive this in your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, you restore everything. You waste nothing. And we ask right now for the vine dresser to come and transform seasons of bitterness into sweet wine. Lord, that we would actually begin to drink of the sweet wine right now, that it would sustain us until the, the, the breakthrough and the harvest comes. In the name of, in the things that the enemy meant for evil, you would actually ferment them in the wells of heaven and they would sustain you until the breakthrough comes. Devil, we laugh at you, haha, <laughs> that the things you used for evil would sustain the children of God. In the name of Jesus, grapes of bitterness, we break and crush right now in the name of Jesus. corporately respond before everybody moves away we just let's just lift up our hands just all together God we renew and we give our yes anew and afresh no matter what season we find ourselves in in mountain high valley low we thank you that you Jesus are the reward and we renew our yes and we thank you that in every season in every space in every place that you give grace to hold your hand and to walk in and with you God we ask for divine alignment and a renewed yes in our hearts for our families, for our ministries, for our businesses, for our parenting. God, in every space we say you have access. You have access. Let your leadership be prevalent. Let it be strong. Let it be clear. We break every voice of torment. And every voice, God, that would hinder and would bring confusion. And we thank you, God, that your voice is smooth, it's clear, it's pure, and it brings life. So bless the family, God. Bless this family. Touch them, God. Let this be a day where truly the old is past and we've stepped into a new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you're down in these altars, please stay until God is done. I ask you in the congregation to just be respectful of that as God is ministering and rearranging and speaking. We love you guys. We'll see you next week for the family fun day. You're welcome to stay and engage with God as long as you want.